0: Hello America, happy Sunday. What a show we got planned for you. Yes, if you're kicking back and reading the newspaper, having that cup of coffee, getting ready to go out in the yard and do the weekend warrior thing. Have we got a show for you? Senator Ron Johnson from the great state of Wisconsin. Yep, he's here. We're going to be talking about some very important oversight investigations, including that Homeland Security disinformation office. What the heck is that about? Well, he's going to tell you what he's got planned for that and so much more. After Senator Johnson, we got an incredible interview we had with former Congresswoman, former presidential candidate, Michelle Bachman. She is alerting the world, and she did it through Just the News, about changes to America's relationship with the World Health Organization that Joe Biden is proposing making. He's trying to slip them in in the dark of night that would make America subject to the World Health Organization for its health decisions. A lot of people worried about the subjugation of Americans Sovereignty to a third party like the World Health Organization. By the way, a World Health Organization that wasn't right about a lot of things early on about COVID-19. Very important interview from Michelle Bachman. You're going to enjoy that. Then Congressman Glenn Graffman, also from the state of Wisconsin. We get a heavy Wisconsin connection this week. The Wisconsin Mafia. He's here. He's going to talk about all of the happenings in Washington, including the concerns about That disinformation office, the concerns about the baby food formula shortage. A really great interview. You're going to enjoy him. We're going to have a little bit of fun at the end of the show with Diamond and Silk. They always light things up with energy. They always have a funny take and a serious take on what's going on in the world today. And before that, Kathy Barnett, the surging Pennsylvania Senate candidate. Yep, she is a MAGA woman who wasn't endorsed by Trump, but she's getting a lot of traction at the end of the Pennsylvania primary. Keep an eye on her. She's also on the show. What a great show we have. Stay tuned. We'll get going in just a few seconds after this commercial break. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donus Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account That's DonorsTrust.org slash Just News. All right, folks, joining us right now is Senator Ron Johnson from the great state of Wisconsin. Senator, great to have you on the show today.
1: Well, John, uh, glad to be with you.
0: You are doing a lot of very important accountability and oversight work in Congress. I want to focus on one, a letter that went out over the weekend that we think is really important, and that is a request to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to ask why they were buying Americans' phone records and tracking Americans during the pandemic. Tell us what prompted that inquiry.
1: Well, there were news reports that they'd spent close to half a million dollars buying this uh, geolocation data from a private sector firm uh, to apparently track Americans' movement during the pandemic, see if we were obeying their edicts, uh, their pronouncements, uh, and and making sure that we were uh, not leaving our homes, I guess. Uh, From my standpoint, I would have much rather had uh, CDC personnel concentrate on, oh, I don't know, uh, following up on their VAERS reports and checking with these individuals that might have uh, vaccine injuries, uh, possibly even uh, do a little bit more research into using widely available generic drugs. Uh, that uh, I guess CDC and FDA have been vilifying doctors who have been actually having the courage and compassion to treat patients successfully with these drugs. But, you know, why the CDC is tracking Americans' movement, uh, I want to get to the bottom of that. I want to know what they were doing.
0: Yeah, and it would seem a lot of Americans probably don't know this, that there's no need for a warrant with this sort of material, this data exists. Uh, We had Senator Rand Paul on the show last week. He said maybe it's time to rein in that practice, that government agencies shouldn't be going and buying phone records and tracking people's motive without uh, some sort of court involvement. Do you think we need to rein in that maybe Americans' privacies are are too loosely monitored now by uh, the government?
1: Yeah, I think the government is becoming way too big and way too powerful. And I agree with the people like Senator Paul and Senator Mike Lee, who've been uh, just champions of civil liberties. Uh, this is getting way out of hand. And just because data exists doesn't mean that the government should be using it to track Americans. I, I, I would think that uh, really it raises some very serious constitutional issues.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people have been talking about that. And I know they're going to be interested in the investigation. You've now launched. Uh, you last year had some very consequential hearings where you walk through a lot of the stories that were suppressed in social media, suppressed in mainstream media for a long time. But now we're starting to get a much more clear picture about the, the, the side effects of the vaccines, about some of the processes that weren't followed in government. If Republicans get back in control next year, uh, do you intend to go back and dig in further and build off those hearings to find out more about our our capabilities and our failures during the pandemic?
1: Yes, Uh, listen, it's not just those events and you have to call them events because well, when I was chairman of the committee, we had hearings, but then afterwards, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of curiosity on the part of Democrats to our failed, our miserably failed response to the COVID pandemic uh, I've written 37 oversight letters to the agencies, but really haven't gotten squat in terms of response. So I think those 37 oversight letters would be pr- pr- pretty well provide the foundation of uh, the type of oversight I'd want to do. I, you know, I wrote those letters because I wanted answers to my questions, and I really haven't gotten any, very, very few answers.
0: Yeah, and there's a mentality that seems to be emerging in these agencies that this is their data, not the American people's data. Therefore, we're going to keep it. And sorry, Senator, uh, we'll have a a nice day. We're not giving you that. How do you change that dynamic? I guess being in power helps it. But there's a bigger mindset that the American people no longer really are the custodians of their own government. Have we made bureaucracy too independent?
1: Uh, Yes. Uh, And this is, unfortunately, uh, prior congresses have willingly Uh, Transfer their constitutional authority over to the executive branch, I think in many cases just to to skirt accountability. But as chairman of the Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs, it doesn't really sound like the title, but that is the Senate's oversight committee. As chairman Mm -hmm. of that committee for six years, what I found out is that congressional oversight has been dramatically weakened, and mainly because we have no enforcement mechanism. Sure, you can hold uh, somebody in contempt. Of Congress, but then you need a Department of Justice willing to prosecute that contempt. If you're dealing with the uh, administration, of the opposite party, that Department of Justice is not going to prosecute a contempt charge. So uh, administrations know that and uh, they, they just thumb their nose at congressional oversight. Even, even though all these nominees come before Congress during their nomination hearings and say, I absolutely pledge to be transparent, I will, I will respond to legitimate oversight requests in Congress, I'll come up before your committees. And then they don't. They just stiff arm us. And so, you know, partly par- I've been calling on my Democrat colleagues uh, that this should be a bipartisan uh, effort on our part to restore the oversight capability and authority of Congress, which is really the Americans, the American people's oversight authority. Uh, we are their representatives. And if uh, the administration thumbs their nose at us, they're basically thumbing their nose to the American people.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, I want to turn to another important piece of oversight you've done with Senator Grassley. A letter went out and about a week or so ago to DARPA, the Advanced Research Agency. Pentagon does a lot of great things developing the future weapons of America. But it, it's, there seems to be some suggestion that DARPA might have been looking at the DNC server hacks from 2016. Uh, tell us what you're trying to find out there and what the early response has been from the agency.
1: Well, first of all, I am I, reading... Uh, John Durham's indictments uh, uh, with a great deal of interest. I think he is just exposing pretty much what happened. This entire Russian collusion hoax, the whole Russian canard, uh, was set up by the Hillary Clinton campaign. And apparently, he's raised some issues over the the hacking of the DNC server, which which I don't deny. I mean, there were some pretty nasty emails. But it was just amazing how all of a sudden, those emails were off the front page. And what was on the front page instead was the fact that apparently, Russia— Hacked the DNC server. I mean, is that a, just a massive diversionary operation? Was that just the first time they used the Russian canard, and it worked so well, we thought, hey, let's try this with Trump. Let, let's say his campaign was Russian. Then they used it on Chuck Grassley and I. You know, they, they create a false intelligence product, leaked it to the media, or have had it classified, then leaked to the media, accusing us of soliciting, disseminating Russian disinformation. They're the ones that actually entered that Russian disinformation into our investigation records. So again, they've been using Russia to basically blame everything, now now it's Putin's inflation, it's Putin's gas prices. But my concern about DARPA is apparently, they were working with uh, Georgia Tech and potentially commissioned some studies, which they are denying, but Georgia Tech has actually delivered some information uh, that sure looks like uh, that they may have been involved in uh, determining who uh, hacked the DNC server. Why would DARPA be involved in that, it's very puzzling, and of course, once again, a government agency is not being particularly forthright with the information. I'm shocked.
0: <laughs> yes, you've been in this road a few times before, and uh, the answer is always the same. The bureaucrats play keep away until the last moment. It's remarkable. I want to turn to something in home state politics. Obviously, you're up for re-election next year. There has been a pretty significant Wisconsin election integrity investigation. Justice Gableman brought out a lot of things. The courts have brought out a lot of things. The Wisconsin Assembly Speaker recently extended the investigation saying, we're not going to stop this until we get... Uh, the city clerks and mayors who are not cooperating till we get their data, get that enforced. Your reaction that this investigation will live on and what areas would you like to still see investigated when it comes to election integrity in 2020?
1: Well, first of all, there have actually been three investigations, one by Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, then the Legislative Audit Bureau, you know, completely bipartisan, and then you have Justice Gableman's investigation. They all pretty well come to the same conclusion. There were multiple Guidance is issued by the Wisconsin Election Commission that were contrary to state law. There are a number of election procedures undertaken by clerks that were contrary to state law. I mean, we, we've seen, you know, what happened in the nursing homes of, uh, you know, th- we, they didn't have the, the special observers uh, to to maintain right. integrity there. So there are all kinds of things: uh, clerks curing ballots, you know, abs or early voting in the park. Uh, we don't. Our election law doesn't allow that. Um, the indefinitely confined voters uh, grew tremendously to over a couple hundred thousand. They don't have to provide a voter ID. And now we've got the uh, the new video by Dinesh D'Souza, 2000 Mules, that show that uh, there was a pattern using those drop boxes, which we also don't believe are legal in Wisconsin, but were used. And let's face it, Democrats utilized COVID to exploit election laws, reduce all the controls over voter integrity. And now we're seeing, you know, through their geo uh, location, how you have these... Uh, ballot mules that are delivered wow. at the early, the wee hours of the morning. Uh, so, something a little suspicious with that, wearing surgical gloves so they don't leave uh, uh, fingerprints on the ballots. Uh, right. At all these drop boxes, that occurred not only in uh, Georgia, that also occurred in Wisconsin. Uh, all these things need to be looked at. Um, do. When you have the media, the the, the drumbeat there saying that this most secure election. Uh, Listen, there are all kinds of irregularities. Voters have legitimate concerns about election integrity. My goal is to restore confidence in our election system, no matter who you are, no matter what your uh, party affiliation, you have to have confidence that your vote counts and is not canceled by a fraudulent vote.
0: A lot of people are rooting for that and I think they know you're gonna be fighting until you get the answers that we all deserve. Senator, it's always an honor to have you on the show. Thank you for your time today. Thanks for your good work. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, more interviews from my favorite show, Just the News, Not Noise, right after this. Thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Welcome back, everybody. One place where we got to keep our eye on is the Biden administration's dealing With the world health assembly that would effectively subject the us to the decisions of the world health organization somebody who knows something about this and has been working on it very carefully former presidential candidate congresswoman and now the dean of the robertson school of government at regent university congressman michelle bachman congresswoman great to have you on the show today
2: john and amanda it's great to be with you thanks again
0: we are fascinated because a lot of people were not paying attention to what joe biden did earlier this year describe what's going on with the United States and subjecting ourselves potentially to the World Health Organization's uh, a rule on, on pandemics and other things?
2: Well, you're right. First of all, I want your audience to know it isn't that the audience wasn't paying attention. It's the Biden administration wasn't being forthcoming about their plans. And here's their plan. Here's the bottom line. The Biden administration is proposing amendments that they're going to take May 22nd through 28th. So this is just right around the corner. They're planning to take amendments to Geneva, Switzerland, to the World Health Assembly, which is the governing body over the World Health Organization that would effectively cede United States sovereign authority over our health care decisions to the World Health Organization Director General. That office is now uh, occupied by a man named Tedros. So I want people to think and understand what this is. As bad as Fauci and Rachel Walensky were, were with their authoritarian decisions at the CDC and NIH, now their authority would be given to the World Health Organization. You're looking at the man Tedros, who made almost every possible wrong call that he could make during the pandemic. So what this effectively does is create a platform for global governance through the World Health Organization. Because as we saw with the CDC and with the NIH, they were making decisions regarding that would impact businesses that would impact whether or not we have to stay home or whether we can go to work or what businesses have to be shut down or what businesses could be open or if people wear dirty masks on their face for a year and a half or if little children have to wear masks or if schools are closed or if we're forced to take vaccines whether we want to or not. This level of authoritarian decision-making that we've lived with for almost three years would now be given over to the director of the WHO. So we would lose, as Americans, effectively representative democracy in America over one of the biggest issues there is, healthcare. That would be ceded to the director general of the WHO, Tedros. That's why this is so important. These amendments were given to the World Health Assembly on January 18th but they weren't shared with the American people. These amendments didn't go up on any government website, John and Amanda, until April 12th, one month ago. They weren't touted, people didn't know about it, but they went up for the first time April 12th. Tomorrow is the day when people can make public comment before the Health and Human Services Secretary, between 10 a.m. and noon. That's the window they've offered. So I've requested to be able to speak before this committee. I submitted written objections to these amendments. Not only should the Biden administration withdraw these amendments to give away U.S. sovereignty to the WHO, we should get the United States out of the World Health Assembly, out of the WHO, and leave the U.N.,
3: Unreal. I mean, this sounds like it has very far reaching repercussions and uh, how nice of it them a lot. Two hours for uh, <laughs> uh, dissent to to come forward for the American people who who now know about this. Thanks to wonderful people like you. Sh- should they call their representatives, their congressmen, their senators? How can they voice their opinion yes. about this as well? Yes,
2: there's a couple things people can do, and I'll send some links that you can put up on your website for people to look at. One is people can contact their US senators and their member of the House of Representatives, and I assure you, most of them aren't even familiar with them, and tell them that you demand that they talk to the Biden administration and get them to withdraw these amendments that would cede US sovereignty over healthcare to the WHO, but then also tell them, we wanna get out of the World Health Assembly. We wanna get out of the WHO. We don't wanna be in these organizations that purport to tell American citizens what we have to do under the pretext and guise of healthcare. But then the other thing people can do is they can go to a link that I will give you and people can comment and they can say to the Health and Human Services Secretary, we don't want these amendments. We want to hold on to our health care. Again, they thought no one would know about this. They thought there'd be exactly zero comments coming into the Health and Human Services Secretary. I'm uh, urging your entire audience to a- send an avalanche of no way, no how. We don't want these Biden amendments over our health care. To send this comment to the Health and Human Services Secretary so that they know the American people aren't on this. Bottom line, we have, to have, we have to shame the Biden administration into not giving away America's authority over healthcare to the WHO and not creating a platform for global governance through the WHO.
0: it's just amazing that this could be done basically in the dark of night. That's what it feels like. Yeah. I, over the last decade, we've seen this under the Obama-Biden years, particularly uh, America committing to relationships with foreigners, subjecting, us to terms and deals with the foreign countries or foreign bodies without going through the treaty process, without bringing Congress into the loop. Is there an avenue for members of Congress to sue? Could someone sue and try to use the Constitution to block these amendments?
2: I think that there is. I have contacted attorneys, attorneys that are now issuing press releases that are taking this seriously, whether it's a cease and desist, a TRO, whatever it is that they could do to bring about legal action. but. I think most importantly, U.S. senators have the most authority here. They could put holds on legislation. I'm actually calling for a shutdown. Republicans should say, should really Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy should have a joint press conference and say, we aren't going to meet in any committee. We're not even gonna vote until the Biden administration withdraws these amendments. The American people haven't had time to look at them or examine them. There hasn't been sufficient transparency. We cannot cede US sovereignty over healthcare to the UN. We can't do this. We have to stop it. We have to pull out all the stops and that's why the Republicans who are in Congress shouldn't even give a quorum to Nancy Pelosi or to Chuck Schumer. That means they shouldn't even show up for committee or to vote on the floor. They need to get real attention on this matter because the vote, John and Amanda, is May 22nd to 28th in Geneva, Switzerland. That's when the vote will take place and these amendments would go into force in November. So what does that mean? It won't matter who is elected in November, if it's Republican or Democrat. If we've already ceded authority over America's healthcare decisions, to the who we're in big trouble because we saw the power grab that the cdc took over our lives and that fauci took over our lives with the nih we saw that level of authoritarianism for the last three years if this goes to the who and we have no right of appeal well, god help us mm,
0: scary yeah. stuff
3: I I wish we had longer with you. We've only got about 60 seconds left. I wanted to get a quick reaction from you. As you said, the Biden administration, I don't think they expected to have any pushback on this. The draft opinion from Justice Alito, it feels like there's an awakening happening in America. And there are a lot of indications that things aren't going well, but it feels like there is a, a divine groundswell that's happening and moving us in a newer and better direction. Your quick thoughts on that. I absolutely
2: agree. I I, I think what people realize is that we're coming to the end of our natural rope. And so now we need help from an almighty God. That's how this nation began by men and women appealing to heaven, appealing to God to help us in our fight for freedom. We're there again as we're looking at a twilight scenario. So people need to appeal to almighty God. and, And that's exactly what we should do. God can do anything.
0: That he can, and I know there are a lot of people praying, even for baby formula, we're we're really short today. Congresswoman, it is uh, wonderful to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thanks, John. Thanks, Amanda.
0: Man, such an important issue, Amanda. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back, right after this commercial break. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit TNUSA.com slash Just News. That's TNUSA.com slash Just News. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote.
3: Welcome back, everybody. We want to bring in our next guest, Congressman Glenn Grothman from the great state of Wisconsin. Congressman, thank you so much for joining us.
4: Honored to be on the show.
3: We're happy to have you. And I want to start off on the topic of free speech. It seems like Uh, I want to put a silver lining on things. Free speech is having a heyday right now. You've got Twitter uh, under the future leadership of Elon Musk reopening for free speech. He announced this morning that he would allow Donald Trump to uh, to access his account again. America loves free speech, and it seems like that is surging, especially on the right and bringing some people over from the left. And yet the Biden administration, as if they are completely ignoring our First Amendment with this Ministry of Truth, this disinformation board, uh, a a very stark contradiction to what we stand for as Americans with respect to free speech. What are your thoughts?
4: Oh, well, it's a very scary board, and particularly given that the left right now seems to hate Free speech, right? I mean, we've just gotten off of a period, still have the period in which, you know, uh, they'll, they'll remove you from Facebook, remove you from Twitter on a variety of issues. They're scared to death to hear the truth on uh, COVID. They're scared to death to hear the truth on immigration. Um, they're scared to death to hear questioning on the election. Wherever you look, uh, when intelligent, well-informed people say something outside of what the hard left wants you to, all of a sudden you disappear. And be that the government itself, or frequently these private companies, which we thought uh, would publish anything or allow platforms to anybody saying there's certain things that we don't want the American public to know. And that's why this new disinformation board is so scary. It's because so many members of the left want people to only know certain things.
0: Yeah, such an important thing. Another thing that the left has gotten good at and is another form of the cancer culture intimidation is the the organized rage that goes on. There was a very tragic event in your state this weekend where a pro-life group was hit by a Molotov cocktail. Some threatening messages were put on uh, the site. I know police and the mayor in Madison have condemned it. But are you concerned that the combination of free speech censorship, along with these violent rage protests, are, are, are making Americans be afraid to go out and just speak their mind?
4: Oh, absolutely. And you look at groups like Antifa, which really has never been shut down. People don't realize what a huge threat it is. Antifa is a group that, as their flag says, they have a communist background. Of course, the communists, above all, hate free speech. And when a group like that has never been adequately gone after at all or even censored, it's, uh, it's very scary what they could do out there. I know Julianne Ampley. I know the people because I used to be a state legislator. Uh, I know these people in Madison were under attack, and it's just basic mainstream Republican thing or conservative thinking, pro-life thinking, pro-family thinking. And when you know we just got done with an election in which Black Lives Matter played such a pivotal role, they're against the family, against any traditional values. So when you see them under attack like this, it's very scary. And we still have not brought to justice Antifa and that crowd.
3: Yeah, Congressman, and and it's not just violent protests that we're seeing, the throwing of Molotov cocktails. Uh, There are conservative Supreme Court justices whose houses were visited upon this weekend, and it's not necessarily violence, physical violence happening against them, but it is uh, violence of a form, I think. It's intimidation, and it's just their presence brings forth this slow dread for these justices. Uh, If this were a cause of the right, And folks on the right were uh, incensed over this leak and and the subject of it and the contents of it. Can you imagine a universe where people who are proponents of causes on the right would actually show up at Supreme Court justices' homes to intimidate them? it,
4: It would never, because people on the conservative end of things, they obey the rule of law. They recognize the rule of law. Whereas on the left, you have these groups like Black Lives Matter or Antifa that have never really been brought to heel. You don't hear politicians on the left attacking them or criticizing them. And as the result, they, they run around. And it is a scary situation because if you know where Supreme Court justice lives, would Antifa not go there? Would Antifa, of course they would. Of course there's nothing they would not do. Uh, because they are, you know, closely affiliated or given what their flag looks like, uh, communist groups. And it is a very scary thing for anybody right now.
0: Yeah, it really is. I had a great conversation with an old liberal activist. And he said there are two types of people on the there are those who are protesters of conscience and then they're anarchists, and the latter seem to be in control of the protests these days. And I, a-
1: I- absolutely, yeah. not
0: enough
4: has been talked about. Like I said, when you look at that antifa flag, The same flag the communists used in Germany in the 1920s, and part of our problem is the average person doesn't know how horrible the communists are, how anti-free speech they are, how they are not afraid to commit violence and even kill people. And uh, until they are taken care of or removed from the public square, people have to worry.
0: Yeah, so I want to ask you about something that's happened a lot lately into damage of great institutions. There have been a lot of leaks. We saw leaks last week about sensitive intelligence we were giving to Ukraine. We saw a draft opinion that the Supreme Court leaked. You go back a few years, there were conversations of presidents and foreign leaders, national security advisors and ambassadors. Has the culture of the intelligence community been wrecked by people who don't abide by the the necessity for secrecy?
4: Well, the left, in essence, doesn't. And as we have more extreme left-wingism coming out of the university, as you have more of a lack of respect for America coming out of the university, you've got to expect that's gonna flow over to the graduates. And let's face it, these universities that feed so much of the American intelligence community, be it Georgetown, be it George Washington, I mean, how many conservatives do you have on their faculty? Well, eventually this radical leftism idea is gonna flow into their graduates, and those graduates are gonna wind up in the FBI, in the CIA, in the State Department. And that's a problem we have. You know, it would be interesting to see how the graduates, say, of George Washington University voted last year. You know, it'd be interesting to see how the faculty of George Washington University, I don't mean to pick on them, but let's say, you know, that's where kids go to wind up as part of the uh, international community. It would be interesting to see you know politically where these both faculty and graduates are, and when they're all towards the hard left, and the left becomes more and more anti-American. Let's face it. Uh, what type of what type of agencies are you going to get? What is you know how does the average employee of the State Department vote? How does the average mm-hmm. employee of the CIA uh, vote? You know, eventually, uh, this is what you have. That's
3: a good yeah, point. Dennis Prager once said. Uh, If you send your children to higher education, to college, you're playing Russian roulette with their morals. And I think a lot of parents of teenagers (laughs) right now definitely feel that way. But in your state, uh, controversy brewing surrounding election integrity. What's the latest there?
4: Well, uh, Justice Gableman, who uh, looked into things, um, you know, he's going to continue to investigate things. And uh, be it people calling me on 2,000 Mules, uh, the movie, you know, that certainly made reference to Wisconsin. And uh, it's something there continues to be investigations and people are still concerned uh, as, as what actually happened there. And, you know, I've talked to people who participated in the recall effort. They thought they saw unusual things. So, uh, you know, obviously when you have a lot of absentee ballots and there's states like Arizona in which over 80% of the votes are cast absentee, there are always going to be suspicions.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And now Arizona's thinking about scrapping that system, which is amazing. So we got about 30 seconds left. There's a historic moment right now. Polls are tipping towards Republicans, unlike I've seen in my 30 years as a journalist. What's the key for Republicans, not only to win the election in the fall, but to make sure that when they get here next year, they do the people's business?
4: To make sure that people realize we have, inflation is a big problem, a bigger problem than people know but to make sure we have more fundamental problems in this country, when you begin to talk about questioning free speech, when you begin to talk about the key members of the government, including the president, way, way over exaggerating the amount of racism in this country and targeting programs for only one race or the other race. These are issues the Republicans have to tackle so that when we win, and I think we will win, we have the statement from the voters we have yeah. to bring America back to where it was 20 years ago. Beyond just- Well, the I know economy. this
3: won't include you, but I think we will need some spine transplants uh, over there in Washington come January when the new Congress takes takes over. We appreciate you, Congressman Grossman. We'll be right
0: back. G-O-L-D, GOLD. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. 800-200-4653, GOLD. Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon, Just the News family. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have?
3: Welcome back, everybody. Joining us now is veteran and Pennsylvania Senate candidate Kathy Barnett. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. We are happy to have you, and it's a week out from your primary, a very crowded primary, I will add. Just want to get your temperature. How are you feeling? Seven days out. Yes, I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really good. You know what? You
5: know how I'm feeling? I'm feeling like a winner. And this, what is happening in our race, it says more about the people of Pennsylvania than it does me. They are just as much a part of this story as I am. I could not have done what it is that we are doing without Pennsylvania. So thank you guys so much.
0: Well, you, uh, Kathy, are in the headlines. You are surging in the polls, and I mean really surging in the polls, a huge bump in the last couple of weeks. When you look at that dynamic, what's going on? Are people finally getting to know you, connect, what's the process that's creating this incredible surge of popularity?
5: Yeah, well, you know, we've been in a statistical tie for the past, uh, I believe about four or five weeks now. Um, The media is just catching on to it, that's okay. I'm very grateful for the coverage. And, um, you know, I've always believed that if Pennsylvanians knew they had a better option, they would take it. And that's exactly what they're doing. Um, After the debate, I saw a tremendous amount of support all across the country and uh, and specifically here in Pennsylvania. And it just continues to grow.
3: Yeah. And Kathy, President Trump endorsed your opponent, Dr. Oz. But I know a lot of people in Pennsylvania feel like you are the MAGA candidate. And I'm sure that that is uh, one of the contributing factors to you surging in the polls when you're out talking to potential voters. Is that the sentiment that you pick up from them as well? Yeah, listen,
5: President Trump, we appreciate all that he has done for us. We appreciate his voice still today, but President Trump is not Jesus. So he gets to be wrong and he's wrong on this (laughs) endorsement. And the people of Pennsylvania, we recognize that. And listen, We've been MAGA since 1776. We've always been MAGA. President Trump, you know, and his genius in marketing was able to coin it. But we've been MAGA um, or or America first since 1776. And so I just continue to just represent that. I want our country to be great. I want America to be first. Right now we're all living through this, what what it looks like when America is last on the mind of her leaders and it's not feeling really good right we're looking at inflation so when i'm traveling 1500 miles every single week people feel squeezed people feel unnerved we all feel like something has gone fundamentally wrong with how our nation is being governed right now and they're looking for someone who will use their platform to speak for them and so that's what they see in me they see something authentic and again i'm just so very grateful
0: That uh, it is. There's an authenticism to all that you talk about. And one of those issues, and it's a very powerful issue. I've seen you talk on this. Uh, The issue of abortion obviously it's on the front burner with the leak at the Supreme Court. You have a very personal story that I think really connects with people. Could you share it with our audience, please?
5: Yeah, you know, I mean, we're in very challenging times and yet I'm so grateful that our nation is having this discussion because I cannot think of a topic more worthy of us spending time and really debating uh, other than life and the life of some of the most vulnerable people in our society, society, those who are still in their mother's womb. And that's where my journey comes in because I am a byproduct of rape. My mother was 11 years old when I was conceived. Um, My father was 21. I have never glorified how I was conceived. And yet the fact remains I was there and I'm so grateful to the adults who are in the room who came alongside my very young mother and saw value in my life. I am grateful that I'm here. I'm unapologetic that they saw value in my life and that I am here. And from me has come two amazing little ones Um, and I'm married to a wonderful man and all of that would have been gone. And so I'm very grateful that our nation is having a very
3: important conversation. Well, you very much exude gratitude in a lot of different areas, and I, uh, I appreciate that. Pennsylvania is one of those states where election integrity is of great concern. Is that something that you find challenging when you're out talking to voters, getting them inspired to trust the system and to actually turn out and vote, even if they think it's shaky? Yeah, you know, I mean, we have
5: very legitimate reasons to feel concerned about the lack of, a, of, of election integrity. I have never shied away from that. Uh, any rational adult who was watching what happened in 2020 recognized that, again, something went horribly wrong in how, um, in how 2020 was managed. Um, and so people talk about it and people are very concerned. But again, when someone like myself walks in, what I'm sensing is that people feel a sense of inspiration. They feel a sense of um, hope. I mean, my story, I clawed my way from underneath the rock
1: to, um, out of
5: dire poverty in order to be able to create the life that my husband and I are now living. And, um, and all of that is as a result of this country. And So I walk in the room and I inspire Americans. I remind us what it is that we're fighting for. This is the greatest nation that has ever existed. But our country is in trouble. She's given us a lot. It's time for us to give back to her. She's in trouble. She needs people who love this country uh, to stand up. If ever there was a fight to get engaged in, this is it.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. And I think a lot of people got to see the full candidate in that debate recently. Uh, Not only the powerful personal story you have of your mom and your service to your country, but also the substance of the issues that you're running on. We only got about a minute left, but... Tell us what your top priorities are if you get to the U.S. Senate.
5: Yeah, listen, trying to pick one issue is like trying to drink from a fire hydrant. <laughs> Everything is on fire. It took one year for Biden to break the earth, but that's where we are right now. <laughs> so, what you will get from me is is a senate is a senator who is deliberate, who is sober, um, who's very thought um um thoughtful in what it is that we need to do. Inflation is is ugly. And I fear it will continue. But we also have the border. We have a foreign pol- a foreign affairs policy that looks like a crazy game of whack-a-mole. We need adults to enter into the room. We need the senators to stop abdicating their responsibility over to the executive
3: branch. Very quickly, Kathy, give us your campaign coordinates. Where can everybody find you online and support you? Yes, I'm all over social media
5: right now. Everyone is saying my name. You can also find me at BarnettForSenate.com.
3: Lesson. we appreciate you so much kathy barnett you guys it's a week out a week until that pennsylvania primary and we will absolutely have our eyes on what's happening leading up to it and of course next tuesday on the day john and i have one more block we've got a lot to discuss for our final segment of the show everybody stay right here on just the news not noise we'll be right back
4: man that sunset is gorgeous
3: Welcome back, everybody. Joining us now are two ladies who really don't need any introduction at all. Two of the MAGA favorites of our entire movement, Diamond and Silk. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank Thank you for for having having us. us. You ladies have such a way with comedy and humor, and so often in politics, you know, where we talk about things that really aren't a laughing matter, but I love the uh, the humor that you bring to things. And I find that humor can sometimes be an anesthesia for hard truths when it comes to politics. And I imagine that that is on purpose. Is that is that the case?
6: I don't think we mean to be funny or humorous. It just comes out that way because everything we say, we'd be really serious. A lot of times we're not laughing about it, but other people may start laughing because it's like, oh, these girls are, I mean, they make a lot of sense, but this comes across Yeah, our
2: delivery can be a little um, funny, but you know, it's the truth telling that matters. Yeah. The education part of it, letting people know the naked, nasty, Mm -hmm. low-down, gut-written truth, Mm -hmm. no matter how they slice or dice
6: it. Right.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, uh, we give plenty of good material here in Washington to you guys because we have the free press now arguing for a lack of free speech. We've got uh, school bureaucrats arguing that parents aren't in charge of their kids anymore. How did all this insanity get started? When did we just flip the switch and say we're not America anymore?
6: Well, well, we might as well. You know, we've been under a captured operation now mm-hmm. ever since, uh, what, 2021, whenever the they did this, in my humble opinion, a fake swearing in ceremony for Jim Crow, Joe Biden, Mm -hmm. or let me call him by his name, Joseph Robinette Biden. Mm -hmm. So I think we're under a capture operation with somebody that's trying to usher us into socialism, communism, or you can call it the new world order. And we got this way by not paying attention, by allowing people to paint us as white supremacists, racists, so that we couldn't talk and that's how we got this way. We got this way by allowing this media, mm-hmm. the control media, the left wing media, including some on other stations to, yeah. to, to spill the propaganda, to spew the narrative and we go along with it or else. And so I think right now we're in what we call the great awakening yes. to wake up America. And I really thank God for Donald Trump because had it not been for Donald Trump, We wouldn't have never known that the fake news was really the fake news. We wouldn't have never known that all of these people were really crossing our borders. That's right. So a lot of things we wouldn't have known about, but uh, we know about them now. So now the question is, what are we gonna do about it? What do we do about it? This ain't about the government, them the government. This is about we the people. That's right. We are a constitutional republic. Mm -hmm. We go by constitutional laws. So do we allow this regime to continue to break our constitutional laws when they took off the oath to uphold them. Right. What do we do as Americans? And right now we got to stick together. I know that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that great awakening. We were actually talking to Michelle Bachman about that earlier in the show. And I think you're right. I think Americans are waking up. I know you ladies have been following the saga with Elon Musk purchasing Twitter and President Trump, obviously his involvement in all of this. Not long ago, President Trump said he was going to stick it out with truth and remain on truth and be more active on truth and not go back to Twitter, even though a few days ago, Elon Musk said that he would lift that ban on President Trump. Do you think that President Trump should go? back to twitter
6: um i think he should use it if he needs to yeah i'm happy that he's on his own platform true social but the left need to understand that all of these other platforms wouldn't be created or wouldn't have been created had you not tried to silence voices have you not tried to infringe on people's first amendment rights that's right so it will be president trump's choice Mm -hmm. to do that. So I'm not going to say, yeah, they whether he should do it or not. But I believe that it
2: is his choice. It's up to him to do it. But if it was me and if I had the opportunity to go back on there, it would just clearly to be to let people know where I truly am at and that's on true social.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Now you have a new book coming out, I believe, Uprising, Who the Hell Said You Can't Ditch and Switch? I like this title already. Tell us the inspiration (laughs) for this book.
6: Well, first of all, the book is already out. Mm -hmm. You can go to dnsbooks.com to get one. And what was the inspiration? Telling our story and not allowing the mainstream media to do it. If you all just Google us, all of the dirty hit pieces that the mainstream media has spewed, they've lied on us, Mm -hmm. they disparage us, they demean us. Character assassinated us. All because we were Trump supporters and black conservative Republicans. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to tell our side of the story. How did it happen? Why did it happen? And that's what we did in the book. And, um, and I'm glad we was able to tell the story.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, an important story. I love that. Strong.
3: And ditch and switch. I'm gonna have to <laughs> use that. Something I also use on social media. I know you ladies get a lot of pushback on social media and I do, too. And so I post and ghost. That's what I do. I post something and then I leave the platform and I just let it go. When it comes to criticism on social media, when you check your DMs or your Twitter notifications, do you do you even check those things? Or do you just post and ghost and leave it alone? Um, Sometimes
6: I check and I see people in our verified. Sometimes I look and see all of these news people following us so they can get a story. Um, the one thing that I don't like to do is go back and forth with the people that, that post, right. it really makes you look small time. So I, so I've tried to use the posting ghost on that instance, but you know what I found out mm-hmm. you continue to educate, right? The more they hate, the more you continue to educate because mm-hmm. we can no longer vote for a system that's handing us crumbs. That's right. Now, I didn't vote for this system, no, we but didn't. you see how this system is handing us crumbs. Mm-hmm. You see how the baby ain't got no formula. Uh-huh. You see how we go to the grocery stores and ain't no food on the shelves. Mm-hmm. We can't fill up our tanks because the gas is too high. Our uh-huh. borders are wide open, uh-huh. but you're sending 40 some billion dollars to another, another country, country and we can't even get the goods here that we're supposed to get. Right. So, so, so they are feeding, they're trying to feed us crumbs. They're trying to starve us out. Uh-huh. So America, what we going to do about that? That's right.
0: So important. We got about 30 seconds left, ladies. I just want to ask you this. When you look now, young people were sold this vision of big government. Now they can't even find formula for their babies. They can't pay the, ta- the gas tank, like you said. Do you think young voters are going to have a wake-up moment in this coming election?
6: I really do. Yes. And this culture called the woke culture, I even think the young people are getting tired of it. That's the right. The one thing about young people, they want to be young. They want to party, yes. they want to have a good time. You know how we used to do when we were young. Uh-huh. And I think that the <laughs> young people are getting tired of
3: feeling like they're little slaves. That's so right. yes, I do think they're I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. I think young people should focus on having fun and learning some of those adolescent life lessons and deal with that other stuff later on, if ever. Diamond and Silk, we appreciate you ladies so much for joining us. today right here on Just the News, Not Noise. We'll be right back.
0: Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit TNUSA.com slash Just News. That's TNUSA.com slash Just News. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower